Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message and may God bless you richly through it. The first scripture lesson is from Isaiah 55, 1 through 5. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you. Shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. The next reading is from Matthew 14, 13 to 21. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. This ends our reading. We want to thank God for his holy word. Thank you, Donna. Who doesn't like bread? Does anybody here not like bread of some sort? I thought not. Now, I remember as a, as a kid, anybody else remember Wonder Bread? My mother made some beautiful homemade breads, and I used to wonder that they called it bread. That's what Wonder Bread meant to me. In fact, about the time I was born or a little before, my parents lived up in the county in Maine, Aroostook County up in potato country, they had a little farm. My dad would actually go make expeditions across the border into New Brunswick to a Canadian bakery to get bread with some color and substance to it instead of the American prefabbed whatever white bread, the Canadian brown bread he used to go over and get. Of course, then one night he ran into a curling club and wondered what curling was about. And they found out his name was Buchanan, and it was a bunch of Scottish Canadians. They didn't let him come home till late at night that night. One of many that he got in Little Dutch with my mom for 
Yeah, I guess he smelled a little like Scotch whiskey, but <laughs> heritage, right? heritage. But anyway, Dad would make expeditions for bread, and I, I'm fond of what I call birdseed bread. You know, all those multiple grains and chunks and whatnot. I tell, I tell myself it's good for me. That way I feel less badly eating the starch, but I like that kind of bread. I'm going to story about plenty of bread today. Now, Jesus, we know, got tired. When the woman with the, the issue problem touched him, he touched his robe, he felt power go out of him. And all that talking, all that healing, all that listening really wore him out sometimes because in spite of being fully God, he's also fully human. So he thought he'd get away. He and his disciples got in a boat. They're at the Sea of Galilee, of course, which is all of eight miles across at its widest point. So uh, big lake, small sea, go ahead, you figure. And he went across to another part of the shore to a desolate place. I like to think remote more than desolate, but whatever. He went to a remote place to catch his breath, to catch his wind. The people got an idea where he was going. I mean, you can see which way the sails are going out there on the boat. And they scampered around the shore and they gathered to follow him. They don't get a chance out here in the woolly wags to see Jesus. And we're told many came to be healed. Now there's a story of a, a pastor who was trying to write and craft a really eloquent sermon for the next Sunday. Maybe he had a newsletter article to write. It's an older story when they still put it on paper. Or he was posting something on the website and he was trying to handle the correspondence that he had during the week, but he had a problem. Now I had a pastor who on Friday I could not go see him in his office. He locked the door for about four or five hours to write the sermon. Well this particular pastor was having a problem getting that time because somebody stopped by and had a problem with their job. That took a while to listen to and comfort them and away that one went and then somebody else showed up and there was a, a problem in the family. I mean, in-laws and outlaws can be a real challenge sometimes. That took some listening time. Then somebody, somebody stopped by who needed help with the, the heating oil bill and wanted to know if there was anything in the Samaritan's Fund to, to help them out. And finally, when the door shut from about the 16th, he says, Lord, please, will you stop all these interruptions to my ministry? And one of those scary moments that I've only had about three times in my life when you actually hear the voice of the Spirit, Pastor, that is your ministry. And he had to kind of repent and come back around. Jesus was looking for some time out. And he sets a role model that when he goes to this desolate place and he steps ashore for time out, thousands have gathered to see, to hear, to be touched, to be healed. What does he do? Maybe, maybe the human part of him wanted to heave a sigh first. I would have. But he sat down and said, come on. Come on. And the particular ministry we're told in this story, he engaged in was healing, restoring, 
bringing back into community because there are many afflictions that put you out of your family or at least put you out of the worshiping community. In his day, the word kahal meant congregation and community. You're out of one, you're out of both. He's restoring people. He's healing people. This time we don't even know what except it was a multitude. Talking, teaching, but especially healing. So long, in fact, that the day starts to wane and everybody's getting hungry. Now, I miscounted the loaves and fishes earlier because yesterday I was reading a, a reading for the coming week that has a different gospel story of the same feeding of the crowd. The numbers are a little different. Now, either it happened more than once or if you ask four witnesses named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what happened on a hillside, a desolate place, and how many loaves, how many fish, and how many baskets were involved, and they haven't been kept in a holding cell overnight to compare notes, you're going to get slightly different answers. It's kind of a testimony to accuracy because they didn't fake it. They didn't make it up together. So in this case, they had, what, five loaves and two fishes. In fact, Philip was the one who allegedly said, what will we feed them? You feed them, Philip. And on his coat of arms, on the symbol for Philip, are five loaves. Five little dinner rolls, we'd call them, little barley loaves. That's part of the symbol. Well, you feed them. This is all we got. Come on, give it to me, give it to me. And Jesus said, let's see if I memorized this right. He took the bread and he said, Baruch atah Aronai Eloheinu melech haolam. Hamotzi lechem min haaretz. Blessed art thou, Lord, our God, ruler of eternity, who brings bread from the earth. That is still the blessing. Friday night when a second star has come out and the Shabbat candles have been lit. That's the blessing on the bread at the table. And if we wanted to be true to tradition, in a few minutes, that's the blessing we'd say over the bread. Because it's understood that was a Passover meal when Jesus said he blessed the bread and broke it. That's what he would have said. And all those string of blessings in Hebrew start that way. Blessed are you, Lord our God, ruler of eternity, who does this for us or that for us who causes the grapes to grow on the vine, who brings the bread from the earth. So he acknowledges the source. And we know from the Gospel of John that Jesus also is the bread of life. At this point in his ministry, Lord, may it not be as serious as it sounds. Anyway, he has already told Satan, remember, that Humans, he said man in the Old Testament, in the old translations, but humanity does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Well, he is the word. He's the living word. He is the bread of life that these people were already being fed. But now their mortal stomachs were grumbling. Now, I mentioned to the kids that some commentators read this, well, the miracle was that Jesus taught them to share. I don't know. 
Some of the things that Jesus did that are recorded and testified to, I think that breaking some loaves and breaking some fishes and everybody being satisfied with the multiplication of that food, I don't have any trouble believing that of Jesus. Whether the miracle was it multiplied as they broke it. The disciples wondered that they got breaking the bread but didn't run out of it because Jesus had broken the first one. Kept dividing these little smoked sardines and they, they keep going and going and going. Maybe the miracle was that they were all satisfied. Maybe God just quieted the rumbling of the stomachs with a morsel, I don't know. If the miracle was that they shared, think about human nature, we haven't gotten much better. The fact that all of a sudden there was a plenty, it's a miracle no matter which way you want to look at it. And the, the presence, the source of the miracle was our Lord Jesus, the living bread, the living word, who set us an example that he's tired, he's looking to be alone, but this ministry to be done. And sleep can wait. He needs to do this ministry. He needs to do the healing. And then he feeds the people not just with his word, but with these loaves and fishes. You heard me tell Emma and Evan there's plenty of food to go around in the world. There's a symbolism to collecting 12 baskets because that was one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. In other words, all God's children are gonna get fed even if out of the leftovers that we share. So you heard that exhortation too, that we have a plenty. There have been, there have been days I've, been, I've wondered about it, been a little short. People on Facebook post these pictures of old military sea rations, the canned food. Paul's grinning. Paul, were there ever occasions when you were actually glad to get one? Only once? No, that's the one I didn't want to get. No. But there were times I was glad to get a sea rat. It's not oat cuisine, trust me. It's heavily salted canned food. You had to keep a little folding can opener in your pocket to open the darn thing. Even cold. Now, if you put it on the engine block of a bulldozer for a few minutes, the main course will heat up. So there have been times I've been glad to get some simple Simple nourishment. In fact, I was on an airplane one time and I honestly can't advertise them because I don't remember the airline. Honestly don't. Years ago, there was a young man sitting next to me and a young lady, I'm old enough now to call her a girl, call him a boy. He was college age, she was maybe college or late high school. And the stewardess, camp stewardess, flight attendant came around and and offered those box meals that they have now on airplanes instead of hot meals. And they got three or four choices of different, you know, um, New York Airlines with the Flying Apple used to call it the Flying Nosh. But they have these little meals in boxes, 10 or $12. No cash. They don't take cash in the airplane. Well, the young man next to me and the young lady behind me didn't have credit cards. She's a foreign exchange student, brand new in the country, and hasn't got anything like a credit card. Being a young college kid back when, now everybody's got one, but he didn't have any kind of a plastic card either. 
So I kind of waited till they got distracted. When I ordered my lunch, I said to the attendant, get their lunches here. And she said, sir, we don't let anybody on this airline go hungry. They're already taken care of. Can I get you something for free? I said, no, 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 that wasn't the point. I had it to share, wanted to share it. Somebody else had already taken care of it, thank God. But I liked the attitude of that flight attendant. It was just a microcosm. Nobody in this airline goes hungry. Well, nobody in the kingdom of God needs to go hungry either if we can share in that way. Thanks be to God for the very bread of life. Amen and amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.